the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Official media partner, the Italian Wine Podcast, is delighted to present a series of interviews and highlights from the 2023 Wine to Wine Business Forum, featuring Italian wine producers and bringing together some of the most influential voices in the sector to discuss the hottest topics facing the industry today. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. or visit theitalianwinepodcast.com for more information. All right. Good morning, everyone. Buongiorno a tutti. I'm Marilyn Krieger. I'm based in New York City, and I've had the incredible opportunity to support wineries from Italy and around the world in PR and communications. Thank you for joining us today as we talk about the Sunshine State. So it's my pleasure to introduce our esteemed speaker, Aaron Damara. With a career spanning over three decades, Aaron has been in the wine and spirits industry on all sides, the import side, the distribution side, uh, and the restaurant side, and covering all major markets in Florida. He is currently in his eighth year at Zonin 1821, Fine Wine and Spirits, and he oversees the entire state. Among his impressive accomplishments, Aaron is a certified sommelier by the Court of Master Sommeliers, certified wine educator by the Society of Wine Educators, and a Vinitaly International Academy Italian Wine Ambassador and Educator. He is also a contributing author of the Italian Wine Guide 2.0. Aaron is not only passionate about Italian wine, he is deeply committed to the business of wine and believes that together through collaboration and the exchange of ideas, we can foster mutual success for all. Aaron, we are fortunate to have you here today to share your knowledge and your insights to help us navigate the diverse, the vibrant, the dynamic, and sometimes the old school sunshine state. So without further ado, I will pass the mic to Aaron. It's probably more than I expected, but thank you all for joining us here today. And full disclosure, we joke in Florida that no one is actually from Florida. Uh, but I have lived there for 25 years and have worked in the, uh, the, the wine and spirits trade uh, for that time. And I think like a lot of people originally, uh, and, and certainly the Italians that I work with, they have conceptions about Florida. Uh, many of them are misconceptions because I think a lot of people think about uh, selling wine in Florida. They're going to start with Ocean Drive and South Beach. People think about uh, Miami Beach, but don't consider that most of Miami is Latino. And Little Havana is as big a part of it as uh, South Beach is. Or they think of Orlando just being Disney World and Mickey Mouse. But it's also uh, fine dining and theme parks like Gatorland. Uh, They consider going to work the market of Florida, starting in Miami, going to Key West. But to go to the other end of Florida, to the uh, shores of the Panhandle, is 15 hours by car. Probably 13 if you're an Italian driver. But it's, uh, it's a large market, and there are important uh, parts of, my, of uh, Florida besides Miami within the market. I mean, for size, it's about half the size uh, of Italy. It has about a third uh, of the population. The major metropolis of Miami to West Palm Beach in South Florida is over 6 million people. But what we consider these secondary markets, Naples to Tampa Bay, 
uh, is over 5 million residents. Orlando on those beaches, over 2 million people. Jacksonville, over a million. And that uh, panhandle, uh, which is a major tourist uh, destination for the southern United States, has over a million residents. And so Florida is uh, quite a diverse market. Like I said, it's about a third the population of Italy, or 22 million people. Uh, we had over 700,000 new residents just in the past year. The uh, projections for Florida are to be over 30 million people by 2030. And one quarter of those will be over the age of 65. Uh, the importance of that I will get to in a minute. Uh, but tourism is the number one industry in Florida, over 100 million people and spending over $100 billion. Interestingly, uh, only in the last year, 130,000 visitors from Italy. Uh, that's half of what it was before the COVID pandemic. So uh, certainly for a consumption of Italian wine in my market, we like to see those Italians come back. But why do people move to Florida and visit? Uh, we actually have a very uh, particular tax structure. There are no income taxes for state income. Uh, your uh, home and uh, vehicles are protected. Uh, there is a benefit of being a resident. Obviously, we talk about the, the weather in Florida. Uh, if you like it to be uh, sunny, uh, hot, humid, uh, it's that uh, year-round. Obviously, recreation like beaches. Uh, just in my home county, there are more golf courses than there are in the entirety of Italy. There are a lot of things that people enjoy about living in Florida. There was one uh, graphic there that didn't get loaded, but you know, who are the, the Floridians that live there? One quarter of the population uh, is Latino, uh, mostly centered around that Miami and Southern Florida market. Uh, Florida gets uh, more homogenous, uh, more white as you move further north and get into the Southern United States but it's still becoming a more diverse state as it grows every year. And what are Floridians drinking? Well, uh, not the largest consumption per person in, uh, in Florida, uh, just over two liters per person per year, which if we're in the wine business, it seems kind of low. But uh, Florida last year consumed over 300 million liters of wine as a state, uh, second only to California. Uh, that trend seems to be continuing to grow. The trend in wine we know in Europe is mirrored in the United States. It's been down in sales over the last two years. Uh, in the last year in the United States, about 7% in total wine consumption. But in Florida, it's growing. It's growing among the population that is 60 years and older. The trend in premium wine, which at the retail level they consider above 15 U.S. dollars per bottle, is not growing in the U.S., but it is growing in Florida. And when we talk about wine consumption in the United States, uh, One-third of Americans do not drink alcohol. Another third only consume uh, about one alcoholic drink per week. So it's really uh, the top third of Americans that are doing all of the wine consumption. But that number is still over 70 million people. So it's still a large market, and that's why it's become a target market for, uh, especially for the Italian wine business. And even with all the people that abstain from alcohol or are trending to drink less alcohol, tourism tends to uh, buck that trend as people travel. And here's a graph from a book uh, published a few years ago about wine consumption in the U.S. by Decile. And you can see that I guess our target market is going to be the top third of drinkers. And my wife is a uh, physician, and I showed her this slide and said, uh, according to this author and his research, 10% uh, of Americans are consuming 10 drinks per day. And she said, well, that might be a good target market to sell your wine, but those people don't live very long. So Florida is going against many of these national trends. Not only do we have a, a demographic that's drinking more wine as they retire or as they you know, chase the benefits of the Mediterranean uh, diet, but uh, they're also retiring earlier and moving to Florida for those residency benefits with money. Uh, our tourism increases every year, especially we've already surpassed the pre-COVID numbers. 
And there's also been a market increase in the dollars spent in dining out. And I want to delve into some of those numbers here. And this comes from the National Restaurant Association. Florida has 47,000 total restaurants. A million people work in that industry. Now, that number does include uh, fast food and, and cafes. Uh, but that industry was worth $69 billion in 2022. Uh, to put that into perspective... The entirety of the restaurant business in Italy was 36 billion euros in that same year. In terms of actual restaurant dining and fine dining, before COVID to after in this three-year span, four of the six uh, most increased uh, markets in the United States for eating in restaurants are in Florida. Fort Lauderdale, Miami in the south of Florida, and then Naples and Tampa in that uh, Gulf Coast. So people that move to Florida are eating in restaurants and drinking wine out more often and that industry, you can see, will account for $28 billion in sales this year. Uh, Florida has the fourth most number of, of full-service restaurants, as they're called, in the United States. And four of those cities are in the top 10 of dollars spent per uh, household in dining out. So it, it really is a robust market, and uh, wine certainly goes along with that. Now, selling wine in Florida, there are uh, some hurdles some, some impediments. Florida almost perfected what we consider the three-tier system. So direct-to-consumer is very difficult there. You must go through an importer who goes through a distributor who then sells to a licensed account. And those restaurants can have varying types of licenses. Some only sell beer and wine. Some sell beer, wine, and spirits. Florida has the highest tax rate for wine, over 50 cents per liter for still wines and almost a dollar per liter for sparkling wine. So if you're doing business in multiple markets, you have to adjust your prices for things like Prosecco and, and other sparkling wines. And Florida suffered the highest rate of inflation increase. And so dining out has cost a lot more uh, as the supply chain increases. And that was kind of mirrored in the number of dollars spent in, uh, in restaurants in these past years. But uh, it's quite a robust market. This is information that was shared with, with me from uh, our national distributor. Uh, my company works with, a, with the second largest distributor of wine and spirits in most of the markets of the U.S. And these are their top 15 uh, accounts on-premise for wine. It's by dollars. So obviously, the apex goal for any wine supplier would be to do business with these accounts, hotel chains, uh, large uh, national restaurant chains. Uh, you know, they... You know, if you can get a wine into one of these accounts, you feel like you know your business is solved. But the reality is that most of the wine business, as seen in this pie here, is done in independent bars and restaurants in Florida. Uh, only 20% of the wine is sold uh, into chain restaurants. And then the other part of that pie there are considered luxury chains or luxury hotels. So the beginning must be doing your business in the independent restaurants. It's the easiest hurdle. Uh, it just requires the most legwork. In terms of retail uh, business in Florida, most of it is dominated by chain business, by large groups of grocers or uh, retail buying groups. And while there are a number of independent there in the red, uh, what my distributor considers the fine wine retail stores only account for about 2% of total sales. How does this play out for us? Well, doing business in the independent restaurants, which is always the first start, will then influence the buyers for those chain restaurants. They will not buy a wine until they see it already has some popularity in their region. And then if the chain restaurants will add your wine, which puts you in, in multiple locations, only then will the, in, will the chain retailers, the large buying groups of retailers, consider a wine. 
They don't build brands. They only sell what is already popular. But there are opportunities. There are 10,000 full-service restaurants, so restaurants you consider to have wine lists in Florida. Only a quarter of those are a chain business. And uh, I'll remind you that uh, I am making these, uh, this presentation available uh, after uh, Wine to Wine. And so uh, these numbers are not necessarily proprietary, but happy to share them with you. Where are uh, Floridians then drinking these wines? Well, there are over 2,000 Italian registered restaurants in Florida. I'm sure none of them make a pasta as good as your mama, so I don't need to know why you bother. But like Italy, Florida is full of seafood restaurants, over 2,500 of them. It's a peninsula surrounded by water. The seafood is a part of the, uh, the dining culture there. And over 1,000 registered steak restaurants. I can think of another country that's quite famous for. It's Bisteca. Americans having these experiences or looking for connections to Italy and to these Italian wines. Florida is a growing market for fine wine. Uh, the Michelin Review has finally come to Florida. Uh, 19 restaurants have received at least one star. And the Wine Spectator has awarded uh, 271 restaurants now with uh, awards for their wine lists, uh, including uh, one, uh, one of the uh, original Grand Award winners that is the world's largest wine list at uh, Burns Steakhouse in the, in the town of Tampa. It's a restaurant that's around for 60 years, uh, but it's a, become a worldwide destination you know, in that little town. In terms of independent retail and the opportunities there, yes, there are over 2,000 uh, liquor and wine stores, but talking with my distributor, they would consider 300 of those to be fine wine shops, uh, still uh, you know, quite a large number and, and you know, quite diverse. And then who is going to sell your wine uh, in Florida? Probably the most important part of, uh, of importing and distributing wine is finding the right partnership uh, there are 50 full-service wine and spirit distributors in Florida that include five of the top 10 largest nationwide, registered within the state because it's a state that has a lot of uh, seaports, almost 500 beverage distributors. And I actually got this number from the Tax and Trade Bureau of the United States, over 2,000 registered uh, importers of alcoholic beverages in Florida. Obviously, some of those are going to be very small. You want to make sure that if you're partnering with an importer and they might also be a distributor, that they have uh, the sales capacity you know, to handle your wine needs. This is retail data. These numbers are very small. Uh, kind of looking at the top 34 wines in what they call the Nielsen reports. These are for the wines that are reported by retailers. The wine must scan at a register. So this is really for grocery and big box stores. Of these top 34, 33 of them are white or sparkling or sweet or a combination of those three. It's not until the 34th wine that you get a, a, a large producer of Montepulciano. Uh, La Marca Prosecco is the number one selling wine at retail in Florida, followed by Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. What you see there is some of these wines are up, some of these wines are down. This is uh, over the course of the last 52 weeks, so one year of sales. But almost all of them have shown an increase in what they're selling for at retail. So Floridians are willing to pay more for the wines that they already know. The opportunity becomes, and this is a different look at the same data, but divided by region of Italy. You may see a lot of red numbers here that show that the sales for the ticket regions are down, but that's only at grocery and, uh, and large retail chains in Florida. What I think was interesting here is that almost all of the retail price numbers uh, have increased. So again, we're paying more for, the, for these wines. And the final uh, column there, anything in red means that it's under-indexed. I mean, that means a region that doesn't have the shelf presence that it should for how popular the wine is from that area. 
So there's a lot of opportunity you can see because anything in green, they call over-index, meaning that it has more uh, items on the shelf than it needs. So Italy is still undervalued and underrepresented uh, in a lot of Florida. And uh, to, to delve deeper into that idea, I did a number of interviews across the Italian wine business in Florida. And this is what uh, many people in, in multiple parts of the industry uh, have told me. You know, For example, there's a chain of higher-end Italian grocers in South Florida. Their Italian wine sales are up, you can see 8%, versus a total trend down 7 And while you're going to see here that a lot of the most popular regions still dominate their sales, uh, like Tuscany, like Prosecco, white wine sales have been up over the last year, uh, including uh, varietals that are not the mainstream uh, grapes, you know, Vermentino, Falangina from this particular uh, chain of of stores, uh, adding new wines from Sicily, which you'll see will be a bit of a theme here, and uh, that their customers are willing to pay more to try new wines uh, than they have previously uh, $15 in retail in the United States is considered the premium category, and there are categories above that, uh, but it's certainly uh, not the lowest denominator wines. From a, a statewide importer and distributor of Italian wines, their sales were up 25% last year. Typical wines of Pinot Grigio, Prosecco, Chianti still dominate, but as you go north into Florida and you get into the southern United States, sweet wines uh, tend to be much more popular. Uh, in this case, Sangue de Giuda and uh, sweeter Proseccos. And certainly another distributor noticing an uptick, uh, an increase in wines like Grillo and Vermentino uh, within their portfolio. And even though uh, they noted that they, they had uh, decreased sales in wines like Pecorino and Montepulciano, it was because anecdotally, I was told, other larger importers have picked up those wines and maybe taken some of that business. Coming back to America, when Italy International Academy, the ultimate Italian wine qualification will be held in New York City from 4 to 6 March 2024. Have you got what it takes to become the next Italian wine ambassador? Find out at vinitaly.com. From the buyer for a large Italian wine group uh, based in Florida with about a dozen locations, Again, this is the first year he said that Italy has outsold California in dollars on his wine lists. And while, again, Pinot Grigio and, and, and the Chiantis tend to be strong, he's seeing great success with wines either from the coast or wines from the south, Nero Davola, Vermentino. And also, you note there, uh, wines that have a flavor profile that can be transition wines for uh, American palates. Wines like Alianico, uh, Fiano for large white triggers. Nero Davola is another great example. And lastly, uh, the buyer at a large five-star hotel. Again, mirroring some of the same uh, things we talked about, but, you know, wanting to to make a point that, again, transition wines for American palates were very important. And that uh, if he replaced, say, a second or third Pinot Grigio with something more interesting like a Catacante, you'd see sales for that, uh, that wine increase. And so... Americans want to know these wines. Uh, the first restaurateur I ever worked for said that they're not willing to go and learn about them, but we can make them available and, and teach them and show them how diverse and how great you know, Italian wine is. And certainly in the last couple of years, we have seen this uh, influence of television travel. I think you probably know what I'm going to show here. I experienced firsthand with my family the Stanley Tucci effect last summer that uh, places he had visited and and shown on American television had become very popular with American tourists that were traveling to Italy. You know, reservations for restaurants were impossible to find. Wines that he had tasted were already sold out. 
And uh, I think we all know what happened in uh, Sicily this past year. Even Taramina Gourmet had to change the date of that festival by two weeks because there was a, a dearth of hotel rooms. I think I stopped counting at about 50, the number of people who use spritz as part of their handle on Instagram. So the Italian spritz has become aspirational as a drink. The idea of Sicily has, and, and the southern coast of, Sicily, of uh, Italy have become aspirational for Americans, even if they can't travel there themselves. But they are definitely traveling there. This comes from Allianz, the travel insurance company, that for the first time among the top destinations in Europe for American travelers booking airfare, uh, Milan has joined Rome on that list of top 10 uh, cities. And by their numbers, you can see here that American travel is up 50%, more than 50% over last year. And following COVID was up 600% the previous year. In terms of dollars, you can see there before the pandemic, over 6 million Americans spending 6 billion euros traveling to Italy just in the third quarter. So uh, July, August, September of last year, four and a half million Americans went to Italy and spent over 2 billion euros. So they are going and it is the number one destination now. This is anecdotal evidence, but a friend of mine is a travel agent and she says for a particular type of Floridian, meaning uh, they're still young, 40s or 50s, their children have gone off to college or moved out and now they are free to travel throughout the year. Uh, they are high net worth generally. Italy is the number one uh, destination uh, over France, even two to one. Uh, but they, they consider it, uh, you know, a, a, a aspirational destination, a romantic destination, and they want to experience Italy when they come back. So where are the opportunities to uh, to sell wine to them? And uh, we've seen kind of where uh, the Floridians are eating and drinking. You know, certainly there are thousands of restaurants and hundreds of, of independent retailers in Florida. Uh, we have one of the states that's growing the fastest in population. And not only that, they're not just moving to one part of Florida. Uh, also, as I showed, the, uh, the demographic of Florida uh, is getting older, yes, but it, it's people that are 50 years of age and up that are the increasing wine consumers. Professor Shen, uh, Shenza alluded to it in the previous talk, that the wine industry had not done a great job of communicating and increasing wine sales among the youngest generations. And that is a, a, a concern and it's a talk for, uh, you know, someone else's, uh, you know, half an hour or two hours. But certainly the opportunity for the next 10 years in Florida is still increasing quite dramatically. How do you become successful? Uh, other people more experienced than I have already spoken about this. Uh, you need to bring the right products at the right price uh, to the market. Uh, but... It's no longer uh, it's no longer a, a thin market of just a handful of, of wines that Americans and Floridians will drink. Uh, probably the most important thing is finding the right importer and the right distributor partners. I wish I had time today to delve into you know where to uh, to look for those partners, uh, but uh, they are available and uh, you know word of mouth goes a long way in finding the the right people to represent your wines. And if you do your legwork on your end. Uh, by creating information that's available uh, to these people, you can create ambassadors uh, for your brands. Uh, and Florida is, uh, is a great market for it. And we've always said, working with Italian wines, that your story is the most important thing. That uh, people want to hear your story. They want to learn about uh, your wine, uh, your town, your family, your region. Often they want to go there. 
which is great that uh, we're able to travel again. Uh, but certainly it's a connection that uh, I think is unique uh, for Italian wines that they can make with Americans. And if you really want to know more about, you know, the, the, all the nuts and bolts of uh, the important things about, you know, getting into the U.S. market, I mean, this book is for sale. Steve Ray is great. He's been in the business for a long time and has written this, How to Get U.S. Market Ready. It's, uh, it's something I've read through already having been in the wine business. So what do I hope that we can take away from uh, a talk like this today? Well, want this to be practical. You want this to be, you know, something where you can do successful business in Florida if you have the right wine and there are many opportunities. Price points now are becoming much more flexible. People are willing to pay more. They maybe are drinking uh, less wine in, in, in America, but often they're paying more uh, to drink better wine. And then finding great representation oh, is always key. But you've seen there, there are multiple channels of opportunity in, in Florida. You know, th- this talk did not give me time to, to go down to the you know, the account level base, but uh, there are buyers, large and small, out there that are looking for uh, new wines, unique wines. And certainly Florida has uh, what we call five important markets, you know, in, in over 20 million people as consumers. Given all that, you know, it is possible to, with time and effort and, you know, originally some money spent to, to get a real good return on uh, the investment you make in the Florida market. I've seen it for uh, the 25 years that I've lived there. And uh, one last note about investing in Florida or, or where to find the funds for that. This is just a quick snapshot of some of the events that I've done for my company over the last two years uh, with the OCM fund. I hope that everyone that works in the Italian wine business is familiar with the fund. Uh, there are hundreds of, of opportunities uh, to use some of these funds for marketing, but I've seen great success and other companies doing it as well. Uh, using the fund in a different way, more down to the consumer level. It takes uh, some legwork. It takes representation uh, in Florida to be successful with this. It takes uh, some advanced planning. And I know that this fund, these funds are not available at the, the small winery, individual winery level, but it's a great way to, to market your wines, to show your wines to the end user, uh, either to, to work through the buyer of a restaurant or retail shop to promote uh, a tasting and, and make sure that the wines are ultimately getting into uh, the, the glass and the mouth of the consumer. Because we all know that if we make good wine, that everyone that tastes it is going to enjoy it. But how do you get around and through uh, the gatekeepers, uh, if you will, as, uh, as you heard you know, the two sommeliers talking here? Uh, as long as the wine's delicious, they're going to give it a chance within within their accounts. And I think that uh, most buyers in Florida would mirror the same thing. Again, the OCM fund is probably a two-hour discussion at a minimum, uh, but uh, it's a reminder that there are many ways to uh, to improve your chances of doing good business in Florida. And with that, uh, I want to thank you all for the time, the attention, the opportunity uh, to speak to everyone. And certainly, if you have any questions, uh, comments, uh, feel free to write to me. To uh, I don't post much on Instagram, although uh, my company and my my wife are pushing me to do to do more of that. And be, I've been inspired by uh, by many of you. Thank you, everybody. We're at time. Thank you so much. Thank Listen you all. to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cheat cheat.